Welcome to Health in the Hole, your Jackson Hole podcast for health and fitness. I am Dr. Laura Wright, sports chiropractor at JH Backcountry Health and your host for the show. I bring you incredible information and insights from our local health and fitness professionals so you can be a healthier, fitter, more balanced you. This podcast is meant to introduce new ideas and have helpful hints. It should not be taken as medical advice for an individual. If you learn something intriguing that you would like to apply, consult your healthcare provider before doing anything drastic. On today's show, we are joined by Erin Bourbet. Erin Bourbet is a licensed acupuncturist in Idaho, Wyoming, and New York. She holds her Master's of Traditional Chinese Medicine and is nationally board certified in herbal medicine. After running a busy holistic women's health practice in New York City for eight years, she relocated out west with her husband and three children for fresh air and wide open spaces. She currently runs a thriving clinical practice in Victor, Idaho, provides perinatal house calls in Jackson Hole, contracts with Shooting Star and Amangani Spas, and works remotely with women all over the world via telehealth consults. You can learn more about her services at erinborbay.com. All right, Erin, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So Erin is a licensed acupuncturist and certified in traditional Chinese medicine and a board certified herbalist. Erin, can you just explain for us a little bit, what is acupuncture? What is What does it mean to be a board certified in herbal medicine? Well, so in... So I have my master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine, which kind of encompasses the whole umbrella of what Chinese medicine is. And there are two main, like, I guess you could say certification programs or licensures in the U.S. One is acupuncture, one is Chinese herbal medicine. There are also other components to Chinese medicine than those two that just aren't separated out into their own, like, licensures, such as nutrition or cupping and twina. Um, those different therapeutics that can, and acupressure and tuning forks and all sorts of things that can fall in there. Um, within the Masters of Traditional Chinese Medicine, it depends on the state that you practice in. If you're required to be both an herbalist and an, and an acupuncturist, in some states you are not required to do both. I happen to be fascinated by both and just did it out of the own curiosity that I have. In fact, when I first started, herbal medicine was the reason that I enrolled in the Chinese medicine program to begin with. Um, So I was definitely headed down that track and acupuncture is just such a great adjunct to it. So in order to practice acupuncture in, I think, pretty much every state now, you have to have a state license. And because herbal medicine is not, uh, it's not state mandated, nor is it even board mandated. Herbalism is kind of a little bit of no man's land, like, Mm -hmm. but there is a national certifying body for Chinese medicine. It's called the NCCAOM. And I maintain an active certification through that. Legally, I don't have to, but ethically and responsibly, I feel obligated to, and it keeps my, you know, education up, and then it keeps me within a system of other um, certified herbalists. So, does that answer your question? 
Yes. Let's go into just in case somebody has no idea. Acupuncture, yeah. they know needles. What is the basis? What is the promise of acupuncture? So acupuncture works on the energy body and through the energy body then can work on the physical body. So there's a map of the energy body that has been developed over the past thousands of years within Chinese medicine. And there are what are called energy lines. We call them meridians, similar to like super highways of energy running through the entire body. And there are different point locations on these energy lines that we can stimulate with acupuncture. We can stimulate them in other ways as well, with acupressure, with magnet therapy, um, even with essential oils or flower essences. There are many ways to get to access these points. Um, acupuncture is one. And by manipulating the energy at those points, we affect the energy flow in the entire body. So, you know, there are hundreds and hundreds of points on these 12 main meridians. There are also a few um, what we call extra meridians um, on top of that. So we've just learned that map. And then what, like if somebody comes in for an acupuncture treatment and I'm working in person with them, I have the luxury of taking their pulse, which is not checking for heart rate necessarily, though that can be a component, but we're actually feeling for um, the 12 different meridians. So there's like on your wrist, there's the one, two, three pulse positions, mm -hmm. and then there's a superficial and a deep. So there's actually six pulses that I'm feeling for on each wrist, helping identify which meridians to go to along with some other diagnostic therapies. But that's like a main one that I'll use during an acupuncture treatment to help me know where to go. The whole goal of acupuncture is just to balance the energy of somebody's system so that the body will self-heal. I'm not trying to manipulate the body into doing anything. Got it. And then how does herbal medicine play? And is that playing on the same energy systems? A little bit. Um, we work more in, I would say more with the, what we call like the visceral system. So the more with the physical body that, I mean, not entirely. There are like energetic and spiritual aspects to plant medicine as well. But um, a lot of it is with like, more looking at organ systems, more at symptom um, resolution. You know, acupuncture is guided that way too. They, they, they work really well together, um, but herbal medicine I see as more of a, a little bit longer therapy. Whereas like in acupuncture, I'm looking for things to shift in the moment that I'm with mm -hmm. the person. For herbs, I might put them on herbs for two, three weeks and then we'll check back in and rearrange or discontinue or adjust. Um, depending on how they're doing. Okay. And you said it was herbal medicine that first brought you to mm. traditional Chinese medicine. What was it about it? What was your experience? I had personally experienced herbal medicine as a teenager. I had pretty debilitating like anxiety in high school and middle school a little bit too. And I didn't come, like my family wasn't into like alternative medicine at all. I was just mm -hmm. kind of a self curious adolescent um, and I tried many different things and ended up um, working for a Chinese medicine doctor in Minneapolis which is where I was living at the time and I ran her herbal pharmacy so I placed all her orders and I made all her formulas and I just got to know the Chinese herbs and she also put me on Chinese herbs for anxiety and it was one of the only things that really made a huge difference in my life and I knew I just wanted to study more and did and she I do, also, yeah. 
Oh, I was going to ask if she did acupuncture as well. Or... She did. And I did have acupuncture done. And I like acupuncture. Um, I, I still love it. I still get it regularly myself. And of course, I practice it. Um, but what I love about the herbs, too, is that I don't necessarily have to. I can work with people remotely with herbs. They don't have to come in my office, which is a real benefit during a time such as this, where mm -hmm. there's a global pandemic and maybe people aren't comfortable coming into an office. Um, also, it makes me location independent, which is helpful. Um, and people don't have to come in if there's a barrier to coming into treatment, either a physical barrier or financial barrier, we can still get them care and they can take their herbs and we can work on lifestyle and they don't have to come see me every week or every two weeks or twice a week or whatever it might be um, in order to heal. So I like that, that there's that flexibility component with it as well in the treatment approach. Awesome. So let's yeah. talk a little bit about your specialty. I know you work in women's health and we've worked together with breech babies. You've done some mm -hmm. Moksha, I've done some Websters. What is it? Yeah. What is your specialty? Mm -hmm. My specialty is definitely women's health and perinatal hormonal imbalance. I would say not just perinatal, um, kind of all the way through menopause. When I was in New York city, which is where I had my first practice, for seven years, I was adjacent to a reproductive endocrinology clinic. So we were two separate businesses, but basically saw a lot of the same people. So I got really steeped in um, female reproductive endocrinology and lab work and just different presentations and different treatment protocols. And they got really familiar with Chinese medicine. So we worked together on a lot of things, you know, using herbs and medications simultaneously with a lot of success. So that's like a huge comfort level for me that a lot of acupuncturists and herbalists may not have. Um, and I was also working as a doula at the time. Well, I was working as a doula throughout school. So that kind of catapulted me into the women's health field. So everywhere from menarche to menopause is what I say. Like, it's, it, that's a specialty of mine. And, and why is it that acupuncture and herbal medicine is so powerful there? Hmm. I don't know if I know why, <laughs> but I know that it is. <laughs> I'm still learning about this medicine every day myself, which is why I love it. We just have the capacity. Well, okay. I can speak a little bit to why when I, when I tease it back. Right. So I, the acupuncture piece, if you've ever experienced acupuncture before should be super relaxing many people even fall asleep or they get to a deep state of relaxation, which resets the adrenal glands, resets cortisol levels, and definitely affects the reproductive hormones. So just by kind of hitting that note of deep, deep relaxation and then ha encouraging people to continue to do that, we mm -hmm. have an effect on the system. From an actual like acupoint perspective, we look at that from a Western medicine perspective as blood flow. So if we're getting increased circulation to the reproductive organs, so the ovaries or the pituitary gland, then we're going to affect better flow of the cascade of those hormones. Um, it really depends on the symptoms that the woman is presenting with, but I do, generally speaking, if there is a period problem at any point in life, whether they're younger and the period's kind of ironing out, or I'll see a lot of women who are not quite perimenopausal yet, but 
you know, in their forties and all of a sudden out of nowhere experiencing super heavy periods, super painful periods, we'll just do a month or two of herbs and it usually brings that right back in. It is so amazing. I've had numerous women come into my office with, you know, recommendations of hysterectomy because of their heavy bleeding that came out of nowhere. And we just completely got it back to normal relatively quickly with herbs and acupuncture. Um, but herbs, I feel like are the, the kind of heavy hitters when it comes to heavy periods. So yeah, there's that. That's amazing. And yeah, talk to me some about fertility treatments. I know people mm -hmm. see acupuncturists when they're trying to get pregnant. Yes, they do, um, which is great. So we really view the whole fertility cycle as, as twofold. One is your kind of genetic inheritance. We call it your prenatal jing or your prenatal chi. And that's kind of what you come in with from you know your parents and your ancestors. And then there's the postnatal jing, which is what you cultivate on a daily practice through the food you eat and the lifestyle you live and your stress levels and your exercise and your sleep patterns and all of that. You know, it can fluctuate in life depending on how mm -hmm. conscious we are and what choices we're making. So we focus a lot on that piece, right? Because that's the piece that we can really adjust. And the idea being that if there is good, healthy, balanced flow in the system, then there's healthy circulation to the ovaries, healthy nourished follicles, healthy nourished eggs that will be released. And then, you know, if they meet a sperm, a healthy embryo that will stick. And then we have different protocols depending on constitutional factors. So we never are treating. So if I'm treating a woman for like infertility, I'm treating her. And why is she presenting? Where is the blockage in her body? And how can we amplify nourishment? With fertility, I would say it almost always comes back to that. How can we nourish her more to get her body more ready, a bigger foundation for, for pregnancy? Um, and then we'll treat women all the way through pregnancy, doing, you know, miscarriage prevention protocols early on wow. and doing, um, you know, proto protocols for morning sickness. And then, you know, usually the second trimester, I tell people is kind of the fun time. So come when you feel like you need it. But if you're feeling good, then go play. Mm -hmm. And then third trimester for aches and pains, but even internal stuff, since we know it has an effect on like hormonal balance, it also has effect on like sleep. If people are having trouble sleeping or constipation, if that comes up or acid reflux, things people might not think of for acupuncture. Um, and I will say with pregnancy, I'm more, I do work prenatally with women from a distance using food as medicine. I will very rarely, it is a rare day that I give someone herbs in pregnancy. They have to be okay. like, it's like a last, you know, not, not cause it's not safe, but there are safe ways to use herbs. But I, I think of it as like, okay, we've tried everything else. <laughs> now we'll do this. Um, because acupuncture is just so safe and there are so many great food remedies to help alleviate common complaints. So we'll kind of start there. Maybe doing like a gentle herbal tea with Western herbs. Um, Chinese herbs can just be a little bit sometimes more intense. And so I, I use them judiciously in pregnancy. I use them a lot postpartum okay. for recovery. So. And then you say that you give nutrition recommendations mm -hmm. along with, and is mm -hmm. that based on Chinese medicine based mm -hmm. on just, okay. 
Yeah, based on Chinese medicine. I mean, now we have so much information from like the functional medicine side of thing, which which is great because it it reflects a lot of what Chinese medicine says as far as like you know you know protein, the importance of protein, and and things like that, and and looking at whole foods, and you know kind of what can feel like common sense stuff if you're in the if you're in the health world. But then Chinese medicine takes a little bit deeper dive and they actually put energetics on food. So it's not just so much nutrient content or, um, you know, caloric content, but also is it a hot food or a cold food? You know, is it going to boost the chi or deplete the chi? And like, how can we add more of what's needed in somebody's system and maybe take away certain food groups, not because there's an intolerance, not because they can't handle it, just because we're trying to support the balance in their body. And right now they need more of this food. So, you know, kind of trying to come up with a customized approach for a short period of time. You know, I don't, I never see like dogmatic approach to food, like never eat this again, but like for what we're trying to do, steer this way and, and not this way and those kinds of things. It's cool. You, that's Maybe. really neat. On mm -hmm. fertility, do you work with the spouse or partner? At what point do you mm -hmm. say like, hey, maybe we need to get the guy in? Yeah. I mean, always. It takes two. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and it definitely takes sperm quality. Um, just as much as egg quality. Um, for what? Yes. And, and when I was in New York and this was such a bigger field, um, meaning there are so many more acupuncturists that are specializing in different things. I had a handful of referrals of male fertility acupuncturists, so that's just what they did. Okay. Um, so while I did see some spouses, I also had a bigger referral source. Um, but it's really the same, it's the same approach. It's like we're trying to get healthy blood flow. We're trying to increase the nutrient density of the blood so that the blood that flows is healthier and more nutrient dense and all of that stuff. It just kind of depends on... So typically, if, if a couple is trying to conceive, the standard rule of thumb, even from their OBGYN, you know, slightly depending on age, but in most women is to go try, or most couples is to try for a year. And if you're not pregnant after a year, come back for blood tests. So in an ideal world, I'm working with the woman during that year and maybe sporadically the man, maybe getting him on some supplements. The difference is, is a woman, while she won't have symptoms of infertility, let's say, she may have symptoms with her period that we are working on, right? So whether her PMS is severe or her ovulation is erratic or she has intense cramping when her period comes, you know, these are all things that cue me that there needs to be more balance. It is not a sign of fertility problems, but we have more that we can work on. And then by working on that and seeing that improve, we know that we're working on the, the whole system of our body, right? Whereas with men, there's not that cycle rhythm that we're following. So personally, in my own practice, like if I have a very proactive man that just wants to be, you know, there with his wife, I would encourage it yeah. because it's only going to help. But typically, you know, unless they're presenting with another symptom, right? Like they've got terrible back pain or they blew out their knee, something else that we can like evaluate that's improving. It can feel a little like we're just, we're just going through the motions and we don't know why. Um, so oftentimes I will say when I see a man, it's after that first year of trying, maybe they've had a semen analysis and there's a motility issue or a morphology issue or 
something like that that we're trying to get a handle on. You know, oftentimes there could be a real medical diagnosis like a varicocele and they need to get that surgically repaired. I can't do anything with acupuncture for that. So, you know, we just kind of work along the way depending on, that's where I think the East-West approach is huge. Like there's so much information that can be received from Western medicine. And I am, you know, Chinese medicine is such a better support when we know what we're working with. So. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, this depends. <laughs> And tell me postpartum then, what issues do you work with there? Well, that's another one where I feel like the herbs come in super handy, both from a practical perspective, that it's not super convenient for a new mom to leave her house with a newborn in tow and come relax on an acupuncture table for 45 minutes. This is there. Luxury many people don't have access to, or even if they did, they might not want to. You're just kind of in that cocoon. You don't really want to be going out to appointments mm -hmm. all the time. And so I get that. For women that do really need acupuncture for whatever reason or really resonate with it, I do house calls, especially in the postpartum period. Um, but herbs, we'll put people on herbs to just help mitigate any of the hormonal shifts. We can help with breast milk production, either, you know, helping if it's in too much an engorgement or helping kind of amplify it a little bit and mood, especially there's so many great herbs out there that just help with that postpartum mood that can be, you know, a real scary problem so and you've had three kids did you put yourself mm -hmm. on herbs or work with someone <laughs> when you did or? yes I did I had the I I, and I got acupuncture through all my pregnancies and yes I take herbs postpartum um you know I'll tend to like like with my third pregnancy, I actually worked with an Ayurvedic practitioner. Like sometimes it's nice for me to work with um, somebody outside my scope and just get, you know, a totally different recommendation that I'm not analyzing, if that makes sense. That makes so sense. like she brought me Ayurvedic herbs every single day and teas and food that was appropriate for where I was at in my postpartum journey. And that was like amazing and super nourishing and also gave me a lot of insight, you know, and in how to integrate that into a Chinese medicine approach. But yes, I have an arsenal of herbs for Chinese herbs for every possible ailment and my kids take them and I take them and we use them almost every day in some capacity. Awesome. And the ones yeah. you take, are they pills, powders? Some of the powders don't necessarily taste good. Your kids still eat them? <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> I've yes. never tried powder, a straight up powder on them. Um, That's fair. They do make a lot of like glycerin, um, you know, extracts. So they're mixed in with like a sugar water. Okay. So they, you know, they still taste herby, but they're, they also taste sweet. So that, that'll typically be what I give them or a tincture. We have a whole set of tinctures and when they're really little, I'll just burn off the alcohol and they'll just kind of take the herbs or I'll mix it in with a scoop of applesauce. And I'll take them in capsules. I'll take them as powder. My husband has a powder, like his, his little pow custom powder that he's been on for, I don't know, 10 years now. And he orders it every March and he takes it for two weeks and then he has no seasonal allergies. And it's oh, like wow. his little thing. And he's always yeah. like, my powder every spring. So we have like our little regimens that we kind of go through. And I work with a pharmacy in Colorado. I would love to one day have like a, my own pharmacy that, you know, you could come visit and come get your herbs. But right now and probably for the foreseeable future. It's much easier. They compound everything for me. I send them all the, you know, customized instructions or even just the patent pill that I want. And then they drop ship it to the clients wherever they are. So it's super easy and convenient. And I have access to 
any Chinese herb under the sun, which is nice. Very cool. And then let's go keep going. Menopause. What is it that you work with and can do there? Well, like I said, that kind of, I'm seeing a lot of that pre-peri that's this like total cycle change out of nowhere and it usually freaks people out and then they go to their doctor and they don't have a whole lot to do for it you know there's a couple new surgeries like an ablation that you can get for heavy periods but uh, you know other than that the typical recommendation if there's no diagnosis right there's no fibroid there's no endometriosis there's nothing like that they can find um you know, it's typically the birth control pill, which is often not a real great option for women in their 40s, or, you know, they might not want to be doing that. So anything cycle related up until that point is just, it's just such a low hanging fruit thing to try with Chinese medicine. And with the amount of success I've had, it's, it seems like a very viable option to try and then kind of take the next invasive approach if we don't get anywhere. But then as you approach perimenopause, it's the same kind of thing. You know, it's natural for the cycle to to become irregular. I would say we just don't want it to become um, a problem. So like as long as it's irregular but moderate, not painful, you know, then we're kind of just like supporting the body's process. That's how we view menopause is just like, your body's transition to no period. So how can we make that transition as effortless as possible, right? Mitigating side effects like hot flashes or insomnia or mood swings or abdominal weight gain or a lot of the, or joint pain, a lot of these things that can come up for women along the way are just signs that there's a difficulty in the body. And so we try and course correct that. And I'll usually use a good dose of Western and Eastern herbs in the menopausal phase for those types of symptoms and acupuncture too, if the person can come in. But again, with that, I feel like it's a bigger um, herbal approach and we can work really well alongside low dose HRT, depending on what the woman chooses. But again, it's like a nice, the thing that's so great about Chinese medicine is it's a great thing to try. And worst case is after three months, it's not working. And then you can layer in from there um, or it's working a little, but we're still missing this last component that's like really hard and really sticky. And how can we integrate Western medicine to help us? Um, you know, but I meet women where they're at. Sometimes they come in and they're on five different hormones and they still don't feel good. And so we start there, you know, and see what we can integrate. Um, to help them feel better. It's just a general process. But the entire thought is that this is normal. How can we facilitate it with the most grace and ease as possible to the other side? We're not trying to like stop it from happening or, right. you know, we're not just trying to like hang on to estrogen forever and ever and ever. Like that's not the process of menopause. <laughs> So would you say for menopause symptoms like the hot flashes are normal or common or should be compared to like irregular cycles, which are a sign that, you know, when you're younger, that something's going not yeah. going right in the body? No, I mean, Chinese medicine, like in all the theory and texts says for like a women's menstrual cycle, the only symptom should be moderate bleeding every 28 to 32 days. Any other symptom is considered an imbalance. That's cramping, that's mood swings, PMS, all of it. And it's the same with menopause. It's like the only symptom of menopause should be 
a lengthening and an irregularity to your period. And that's it, with moderate bleeding and no other symptoms. I would say most women, myself included, I mean, I'm not in menopause yet, but with a period, do not experience that kind of life. Mm -hmm. like, and that's because I think of the environmental stressors and the lifestyle stressors and all that stuff that we're just managing all the time just kind of help us, we get a little blocked and we get a little stuck. So, you know, that's maybe what Chinese medicine says is the goal, um, but it's not usually how most women are presenting. Yeah, and I think that in our society, we've kind of normalized the pain. You're supposed mm -hmm. to have terrible cramps. You're supposed to take might all and we don't realize that maybe we're not supposed to have all of these symptoms yeah i think you're right and there's that expectation and even like with menopause too it's like oh gosh here comes a hot flash i'm gonna have 10 more years of this you know and then all of a sudden we're just down that rabbit hole because that's what everyone else is experiences mm -hmm. but it doesn't have to be and like we can approach it from a different mindset in ourselves and then use herbal support and alternative support to help mitigate it. I mean, we see a lot of that in our practice. People who are like, it's because I'm getting old and they're still 30 and they have joint pain. I'm like, it is not because you're getting no. old. It isn't. I mean, at some, maybe 90, like, but it's, you know, something mechanical that's happening there. Yeah. So. yeah. Change the mindset. <laughs> so tell me just what are some maybe surprising things that people might not know about acupuncture, Chinese medicine, how it works, what it can do. Things that are people are like, whoa, I never knew that it would. I mean, well, I think one is the breech baby. I mean, I can't tell you how many people are like, what? Yeah, tell I'm me like what it is you do for breech baby because <laughs> we worked with that. Yeah, I know. It, we, so the, the main like point that's actually been researched in clinical trials and things like that just shown to be about 60% effective in flipping breech babies is a point on the little toe, which is also so fascinating because when we think of turning a baby and doing a manual version or something more medical, it's like all about like on the abdomen and turning the baby mm -hmm. and forcing something to happen. And we couldn't be like farther from the baby with this point that we're doing. Um, and then we use a, an herb called moxa, which is um, mugwort and it's like compressed into like a giant incense stick and we burn it over the point and it is it's still incredible incredible to me that that works like it's like mm -hmm. wow and also incredible to me that it works so well we decided to study it because it seems like such a woo-woo type uh, <laughs> yeah type treatment to do but it really works i just i even just turned a breech baby a week and a half ago with that and then the baby went transverse again five days later. And then we did it again. And boom, next day, head down. Like, I'm just like, wow, this is so cool. It, so I'm constantly surprised. Um, another, like, thing I would say is digestive stuff that a lot of people don't think of necessarily. But, like, you know, I'll see a lot of patients with, like, gastritis or, like, chronic loose stool or just, like, chronic stomach pains for no reason and they're you know they're trying like food elimination diets and like nothing's really working and like we'll do some acupuncture maybe some herbs but maybe not even and it will like totally change the digestive system which is crazy like that mind boggles me too and people don't think of it and then like another like another add-on to that I would say is like it's amazing what Chinese medicine can treat so even if you 
don't know like or you don't know someone that's used it successfully for whatever you might have mm -hmm. going on I would say it's worth a shot because it the, at the foundation of both the herbs and the acupuncture we're really just trying to restabilize that harmony so that your body can be in good health your body is trying to be in good health on its mm -hmm. own it's just blocked for some reason if we can help shift that then the body does its own self-healing. So with that kind of mentality, it's kind of limitless what we could accomplish. And sometimes the stranger, the more obscure, you know, the better. And oftentimes people are not feeling good. I'm sure you see this a ton in your practice, you know, and they go and they get all these lab tests and they get MRIs and they get all this stuff and there's nothing wrong, mm -hmm. nothing wrong, right? But they still are in pain or they still don't feel good or, you know, what, what is that? And that's where I think medicines like ours are so powerful because we can start to connect the dots from a different lens than just the medical model um, and maybe get some answers and hopefully get some relief. So. Very cool. Yeah. It just makes me want to come see you for everything. <laughs> I'm like, need some more needles, a couple herbs. How do you, how do people find you? Get in touch with you. What does your practice yeah. look like now? And what's the best way to find more information or book with you? Yeah. So my, everything is on my website, Aaron Borbet, E-R-I-N-B-O-R-B-E-T.com. I have a little clinical office in Victor. I'm here two days a week. Um, and then I am over in Jackson one to two days a week, usually doing house calls or I do contract at the, um, Amagani spa and shooting star spas. And then I work remotely one day a week, um, from either my clinical office or my home office. Um, and do consultations with people local that don't want to come in right now um, or people all over the world, women in particularly for the remote consultations for um, hormonal imbalance. So yeah, you can book right on my website or shoot me an email or give me a call and we can see how I can help. Wonderful. Thank you, Erin, for all of your insight today, the information that you're sharing. I think you're such a valuable asset to Teton Valley, and it's, it's exciting having you here, and I'm excited for people to hear more about what you do and what you can do to help them. Thanks so much, Laura. I love what you're doing. I can't wait to hear all the good podcasts you have. I am excited as well. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this episode of Health in the Whole. Click subscribe to get future episodes. Follow along at facebook.com slash health in the hole and we will see you soon.